Welcome into the In the Money podcast for KeelanSelect.com. Last one of the spring meet. We'll continue to do our regular Saturday podcasts that we do throughout the year, but last one for the spring meet, and it is the late pick four that starts in race seven and includes the grade three Bewitch. I'm Tom Leach, along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. Jim, we'll start with the stake. It's Phillies and Mayors four and up at a mile and a half on the turf. Got a big favorite in there in Warlike Goddess trying to win this race for the third year in a row, which is a cool storyline. Can you beat her? It is a cool storyline, and I, I, I love this mare. I think she she shows up every time. I mean, you look at her running lines. Uh, she's been first, second, or third in her last, like, 11 starts. However, uh, she's been off since Breeders' Cup. We saw Modern Games get beat last week, um, <laughs> being off since Breeders' Cup. Um, this is not her end goal. Uh, I'm thinking that if she's ever vulnerable, she might be vulnerable today. And I'm going to use her, obviously, before we can't not use her, but I'm going to take Temple City Terror to upset her. Uh, Brendan Walsh has had an outstanding meet, <clears throat> 7 for 26 going into the week. Ortiz has not had a great meet. He's only had nine mounts, and, but he's won two, and, and Jose has not ridden here as, nearly as much as his brother. But this horse ran in the Hillsborough at Tampa March 11th. Uh, I think she was in the same position then as Warlike Goddess is going to be today in that she was extremely consistent last year, uh, won the Dowager at Keeneland at a mile and a half with a 97 buyer, came back and followed that up with a win in Long Island, a grade three at Aqueduct. She has the Hillsborough uh, off a five-month layoff, and she doesn't really fire, but got beat by Shantasara, which is no disgrace. I just think it sets up well for Temple City Terror to have a shot at Warlike Goddess today. And if you're looking at, you know, a projected morning line of 9-2 to two versus 3-5, to five, and I have no doubt Warlike Goddess will go off at 3-5 to five or shorter, I think it's worth taking the shot. Um, personal best, uh, the other horse in here, I think, that, that has the ability to run with Warlike Goddess and possibly knock her off. Uh, ran well at Keeneland last year in allowance race. Uh, has not won over the Keeneland turf, though, like Temple City Terror has. So that's the, that's the two I think have a shot. Um, obviously, Bill Mott, Warlike Goddess, is, uh, is a winning machine. She's nine for 13 lifetime with almost $2 million in earnings. and uh, It would be nice to see her win another race at Keeneland. Uh, but I'm going to try to take a shot to get her with Temple City Terror. I took Warlike Goddess on top, but... If Temple City Terror is going to beat her, this is the ideal setup. Temple City Terror is on her favorite track, and she had a prep for this, which Warlike Goddess didn't have, and it was a mile and an eighth, and that's too short for her. So she's on her favorite track at her favorite distance, and if she's going to do it, uh, I'm like you. This is the, uh, the, the her best chance, I think. So... Obviously, those two on the pick four. I'm going to use one other horse that you didn't mention, and it's Sopran Basalia, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, the six. And the only angle for me is it's Graham Motion and a marathon turf race, uh, especially here at Keeneland. But really, he excels in those anywhere. And this horse is a European import that kept some good company last year in uh, group company in uh, Europe. So it's a classy horse that goes to a trainer that is exceptional, overall and in particular in this category. So I'm going to use that one as well on my pick four ticket. Let's start the pick four in race seven. It's maiden three-year-olds at about seven furlongs, so a little longer than seven-eighths. 
And I think Castle Warden will be the big favorite in here. I'm going to try to beat him with Bad Boy Frank, who posted an 80 buyer in running third in his debut. Ian Wilkes runners who have been firing consistently at this meet typically don't fire first time out more often than not. This horse nearly won first time out, so now makes his second start. And you're getting a better price than you will get on Castle Warden, who had some trouble when finishing second in his debut, but the horse that won came back and ran here last Sunday. Didn't really run very well. So I'm going to try to beat Castle Warden on that angle. Uh, Dark Vector has shown steady progress and cuts back from longer races. That's usually an angle I like when they're going around seven furlongs. Uh, Loyal Company was second in his debut at Turfway. Um, and that uh, horse is you know, certainly capable of moving forward. Uh, as his Gold Ghost, who was uh, second in the same race that uh, Loyal Company was third in. And then surface to air. Horse was fourth to Corona Bolt last fall. And if he gets back to something like that, then I think he's got a shot. I'm not going to go that deep. Uh, I'll use all those in the pick four, but I do think this is a race that maybe is a little more wide open than what the odds might suggest on Castle Warden. How about you? I totally agree. I thought if you get past Castle Warden here, you're either single him, which would be very risky, or you go really deep. And I can make a case for a lot of horses in here. The ones, All the ones you mentioned, for all the reasons you mentioned, plus a horse named Gent Road for Apollo Lobo and, Gora- and Corrales. Uh, Paulo Lobo is 26% first-time starters. Now, he's caught a tough field here, I, I have no doubt. But uh, saved this horse for the Keeneland meet. <laughs> Didn't start him at Turfway. 15-to-1 uh, morning line, I think that's uh, – you, you got to use him, along with Dark Vector, Castle Warden, Bad Boy Frank, Loyal Company. And I thought I'd slip in surface to air, but you saw the same angle I did with that Corona boat loss and communication memo, who finished second in that race and came back and won. Uh, then they tried back at Turfway and uh, probably did not like the uh, the synthetic. So back to dirt, probably his best surface for Darren Miller. And I think he's got a shot at 15-1. to So I, I think this is, you now Castle Warden probably goes off at 2-1 to one and wins by 5 because we both thought it was wide open. But I think it is wide open. I think it's a really good maiden special weight race. Let's move to the ninth race. It's allowance. Don Winters a two-lifetime, four and up, seven furlongs, just straight seven furlongs here. Uh, a la carte's going to be the big favorite in here. Can you beat him? This was the, the more likely single. I, I like singling a la carte even more than uh, than the uh, Warlike Goddess, Goddess of the Feature. But I, I took a shot here with Bourbon Heist for Ian Wilkes on the outside. Ian Wilkes has done well. He's uh, in the money in first or second, 10 out of 22 with four wins. And this horse has run a turfway, and I've learned not to, not to discount these turfway shippers. And this horse improved every time at Turfway, uh, 79, 83, 87 buyer, and an optional 25. It took him a long time to break his maiden, uh, but he finally did at Turfway, and he may just love that surface. But he has an 89 buyer at Churchill uh, back in May, May 7th of, of 22 and uh, got beat by Strobe. He's chased some really good horses. Strobe beat him, Elite Power, Legionnaire beat him. So he's really had a, uh, a tough road in mischievous road who, beat him in the last race, came back and won. So I think Bourbon Heist is going the right way. And if Alacart um, doesn't transfer that form from Gulfstream to Keeneland, I think Bourbon Heist has a shot. So that's my two that I'm going with here. Overbore for Wesley Ward. This one with Rosario coming off a long layoff. Last time he was out was at Saratoga. So I'm going to give him a race and think he's going to need this one. So Alacart and Bourbon Heist for me. 
I'm going to use all of those on my pick four ticket, but my uh, top pick was actually the two-horse debate, and the angle for me was this horse is a little more experienced than a la carte, uh, and I'm a big fan of Tom Drury as a trainer, and this horse has had uh, two nice buyers, an 85 and an 81, since moving into the Drury barn, and uh, I'm going to try to beat a la carte with debate, who's two for two, but just has the maiden win, so facing winners for the first time might make him vulnerable at a short price. Bourbon Heist and uh, Overvore, for the reasons you mentioned, are going to be uh, on my pick four ticket as well. And then the 10th race is a one-mile turf event for three-year-olds at the allowance level. Non-winners of one other than probably Chad Brown or Todd Pletcher win this. Uh, They're coming out of the same race. But five more than looks intrigued me. This horse has a pedigree for turf and distance and finally gets both. He went short on the grass first time, didn't run all that well, went long on a race that was washed off the turf next time and made a big improvement for Cherie DeVoe. Now gets to go long on the turf. And Rosario rides this horse back. He was aboard last time. So on those angles, I'm going to take a shot with more than looks at 10 to 1 on top for my long shot play for this day. And then Turf King for Chad Brown, an 82 in the debut at Gulfstream. Fearless Soldier was uh, fourth in that race and came back to win. The third place finisher came back to win. So looks like a live race. So probably one of those two wins it. But I'm going to try to beat him with a 10 to 1 shot in more than looks. And then the other one I'll throw in is Dunedin. Second start off the layoff for this horse, and he's been very consistent. So I'm going to go four deep when we get to the pick four with a bit of a price more than looks on top. How do you have the ninth handicapped? Well, I went with... Or tenth, uh, I should Dunedin? say. Okay, Dunedin or Dunedin, uh, however you want to say it, for Kelsey Danner. Uh, this horse comes out of a couple of stakes races at a grade three futurity at uh, Aqueduct when they ran the Belmont uh, meet there last October. Only got beat a half length. It was a blanket finish. A couple of good horses, including Gaslight Dancer, Vacation Dance, Nagarok. So those horses all came back and, and ran well out of that race. So then he comes back in the Cutler Bay, his first race uh, of the year after a six-month layoff. At seven and a half, he stretches out to a mile. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, Luis Saez takes him back. So I think uh, uh, Dunedin is, is really live here. Um, I'm going to use really Soldier for Ortiz and Fletcher. Going to use the horses that you mentioned on more than looks. I think you're right. Tarita uh, Vo has this one going the right direction, has a shot at 10 to 1. Turf King, obviously, for Chad Brown. And I'm also going to use West Reward, thinking he might want to win the last race of the meet. Wyco, uh, the Irish horse, coming off a maiden win at Turfway. Uh, has was more accomplished there than on turf, but uh, that might have, he might be going the right directions for Wesley. So. They go five deep, and they're going to try to hit a pick four with a fairly expensive ticket today. Yeah, mine's a little pricey as well. How do you structure yours? All right, I've got seven in the first race, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, ten, with two, four, with one, six, with three, five, seven, eight, eleven, and that's a $70 ticket. I have a $72 ticket that is a little uh, more balanced. I've got two, three, five in the first leg. Then I went two, four, six. And I, I certainly think you could go. Uh, I'd like to go deeper in the first leg, but to keep the ticket manageable, I'm two three five with two four six. Then I'm going to go one two four six in that ninth, and three five seven eight in the last for a seventy two dollar ticket. And um, if Warlike Goddess is uh, is vulnerable, um, you know certainly going to pay a little more. But you know Temple City Terror get a lot of respect, so uh, you know the, those two are going to take a lot of money unless the somebody else upsets them. I think uh, this won't 
uh, be life-changing pick four, but I do think in those other races you have uh, maybe some favorites that uh, could be challenged, and so it's got a chance to pay decent to close out the spring meet. The turf pick three, the final one of the spring meet, is starting on race six on the Friday card. So nice card to finish up the spring meet, and uh, it's been a, a fantastic meet for uh, all of the players. They have loved the big fields. Yeah, we had a, uh, as long as the weather holds out, Friday is looking like it could have some rain chances, so you might want to uh, put that into your handicapping toolbox. If, if, if we're off the turf, we haven't been off the turf the entire meet, so uh, it's been an extremely good meet for handle. Uh, it's been an extremely good meet for weather, so we've been very fortunate. Uh, seems like it only started yesterday, but it's over. It does fly by. Appreciate everybody tuning into these daily uh, or almost daily podcasts with uh, during the racing meet. We'll uh, have one coming up for the Saturday card at Churchill and get back to our uh, every Saturday uh, taking a look at a late pick four somewhere across the country. Probably do two podcasts next week for Oaks and Derby. But for now, we'll just say good luck from Keelan Select and the In the Money podcast.